Today's podcast episode introduces you to our BCEN and friend, Tom Scaletto. Janie Shoemaker and Mark Eggers talk with Tom about his many roles in emergency medicine as a physician and administrator. Tom almost took the path of IT, but decided on the path of emergency medicine instead. And after hearing this podcast, you will be glad that he did. Listen as Tom talks about his wife, who, by the way, is an emergency nurse, and the amazing things they have participated in. Have you heard about Got CEN or Oscura? This is just the tip of the iceberg of this episode. This podcast has a wealth of knowledge that will make you glad you tuned in. Tom has a passion for what he does and life itself. He's made an impact on a lot of people, and maybe after listening to this podcast, he will make an impact on you. This BCEN and Friends episode is called Just What the Doctor Ordered. Hello, and welcome to BCEN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, but always valuable. I'm Mark Eggers, Manager of Education and Technology Services at BCN, and one of your hosts for today. And I'm joined by my co-host, Janie Shoemaker, the CEO at BCN. Hi, Janie. Hi, Mark. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Tom Scaletta. Janie, could you please tell us about our BCN and friend, Tom? Yes, I'd be happy to, Mark. Tom Scaletta is a practicing emergency physician who is also board certified in clinical informatics. Tom trained at the University of Illinois for medical school and completed his emergency medicine residency at Northwestern. He held leadership positions at San Francisco General Hospital and Cook County Hospital and is now medical director for intermediate care and emergency medicine at a hospital system in the Chicago area. Tom is a past president of the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. Before entering medical school, Tom worked as a software programmer. He designed the first computerized patient callback system in 1996. His system was acknowledged in the Journal of Emergency Nursing. In 2012, Tom founded Oscura, a technology company focused on secure, automated communication. Tom, welcome to the BCEN and Friends podcast. We are so excited to have you with us today. Well, thanks, Janie, and thanks, Mark. Uh, so let's see, where should I start? Well, um, I wanted to become a physician and specifically an emergency physician way back in grade school. I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. I went to college at Loyola and my majors were math and computer science. And you can't really get any nerdier than that, I think. <laughs> so after college, I worked for an actuarial company as a software programmer. Uh, and it took me some time to decide between going into IT or going into medicine. And it was really a tough choice, but I eventually followed my childhood dream and became an emergency physician. I went to med school at University of Illinois and did residency at Northwestern, and then left the Chicago area to take my first job in San Francisco at their county hospital, which was San Francisco General. And then a few years later, I moved back to Chicago and worked at Cook County Hospital. So the beginning of my career was in busy academic centers. And really, when I look back, the best part of that was helping to train 
the emergency medicine residents. And then in the second part of my professional life, I became the medical director at a couple of high volume community hospitals. And since then, I've always worked about half clinical and half administrative. I really enjoy fixing those uh, operational issues that can make emergency departments more efficient and more satisfying for our staff. Also, during my career, I became very involved with the American Academy of Emergency Medicine and eventually served as its president. And what I recall is during that time, I worked with the ENA president on a code of professional conduct that both organizations signed off on. And that sent a great message to members of both organizations on how professionalism should be defined. Wow, that's amazing, Tom. I would love to have worked with you um, as, as a medical director at one of the emergency departments that I led. Um, sounds like you would just be fantastic to work with. You've done so many, so many great things and a couple of those we're gonna talk about here in a minute. But um, yeah, the professional conduct standards are hugely important, fixing problems, you know, just having somebody really engaged like that uh, to dig in and help fix the problems is just invaluable. So I, I imagine that you uh, will have that job as medical director as long as you are able to keep it or wanting to keep it because sounds like just a dream come true to have you as a medical director. Thank you. So, um, Tom, you're married to an emergency nurse, as I recall. Um, what has that been like? Uh, how has that impacted your appreciation or your uh, thoughts about working alongside emergency nurses? Yeah, I uh, met my wife, Karen, when I was a resident, and she was an emergency nurse. And what was weird about that is that we met through a mutual friend, and we could have been in any, any field. And neither of us envisioned marrying somebody in the same profession, but we did. Um, so Karen is, is very adventurous, just as you'd expect from an emergency nurse. Uh, like when we were dating, for instance, uh, she suggested that we go on vacation and I'm thinking Miami and we end up in Nairobi. And oh, wow. you know, that, from that point forward, yeah, she taught me the difference wow. between being a traveler and being a tourist. Wow. Uh, she's, yeah. She's, she's really amazing. She's uh, been a great wife and mom to our three kids. In addition to nursing, she's had all sorts of diverse interests. Um, she went to chef school when we were in San Francisco. She's now a beekeeper and harvests about 70 pounds of honey a year. And um, recently, she became a yoga instructor. And uh, this spring, we're planning to adopt two miniature goats so that she can have some goat yoga classes on weekends. And so, you know, like every emergency nurse I've known, she's hardworking, determined, very caring, and makes up for all my shortfalls. Well, she sounds amazing. We better have her on as a podcast guest. I know. I was thinking that too. <laughs> <laughs> How incredible. Well, Tom, you started something several years back. I want to say 2007 or 8. I may be somewhere in there. Uh, where you called it got CEN question mark. And um, I think you've, you know, you've, you've, you've figured out early on that certification of your nurses was important. It made a difference. Um, can you tell us about that, that program got CEN and how it's, uh, how it's evolved over time? Yeah, sure. Part of the origin of that um, has to do with my involvement in the American Academy of Emergency Medicine uh, which believes all practicing emergency physicians should be board certified in emergency medicine. 
It's a prerequisite for the physicians at my hospital. And I think that the CEN designation is comparable to that. And for the same reasons, it needs to be encouraged. So GOT CEN um, was an incentive program that I started about 10 years ago at my hospital. And essentially our physician group provides a $1,000 honorarium to new CENs and $500 for renewals. And since its inception, we've contributed over $100,000. Now, that's really a small investment when you consider how much this program improves patient safety. And it's also the perfect way really for our doctors to express their gratitude for our nurses. And I think what's resulted in the majority of our nurses now are CENs and our new hires will enroll in CEN review courses that our nurse leaders offer. So my, my interest really in promoting this CEN credential is self-serving. Um, they keep doctors on the right path. They know who's sick and who's not sick and have prevented a lot of near misses. Well, that's great. I, again, I, I think that all of our nurses listening to this are going to say, I wonder if Dr. Scaletta can clone himself and put himself in every emergency department across the country. Because um, that's, uh, that's really... Um, that really says volumes that you know your you and your physician group are willing to invest in the nurses. It's that important to you, um, and I just think that's a fantastic thing you're doing there. Um, and you. you know, obviously, your patients are the are the real beneficiaries because, as you say, we know who's sick, who's not sick, and you're um, you're able to avoid complications and near misses. So you know, the patient's really the winner at the end of this all, and that's what we want. I agree. Um, um, so, Tom, you've been the mastermind now behind um, apparently an earlier one than I'm aware of in 1996, but you've got your discharge phone call product, and I believe that's what we're calling Ascura, Ascura, excuse me. Um, and so you're kind of like your wife. You kind of have some diverse interests, too. And um, I know that you've talked to me about this before, and it's fascinating. Can you tell our audience a little bit about um, your creation and uh, the difference it makes? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, some, some time ago, we started the program with uh, doing human telephone callbacks, and it evolved uh, to this technology company because essentially those became unaffordable. And uh, so about a decade ago, I started this uh, company, uh, we call it Oscura, and our platform is called Smart Contact. And the goal really is to address the blind spots we have with our discharged patients. You know, I never like starting a shift with, hey, remember that guy you saw yesterday? It's never, never a good way to start. Mm. So, um, you know, really the, uh, the way I think about it is that the best patient care is much more than coming up with the right diagnosis and treatment plan. It's really making sure no one takes an unexpected turn for the worse and also about um, confirming what patients can afford or can't afford the medicines and were they able to get the follow-up appointments we recommended. So we need, we need to find that out. Um, and then secondarily, we need to measure individual performance uh, regarding patient experience. So we can make patient experience better as a whole. And, and really that ties to quality because if you think about it, patient satisfaction represents the patient's perception of quality 
And while some refuse to believe it, research has proven that perceived quality correlates with actual quality. Mm. So um, that's the well-being aspect that's really important of, of what we put together. And then we also look for service issues. And, you know, when we uncover complaints, we can explain any misperceptions and apologize for any mistakes. And like every other service industry, uh, you should look at complaints as gifts because they can actually turn a negative experience into a positive one. So we use automation to get that information um, we can um, collect comments. We can respond back to them. Um, we can uh, send uh, responses in under a minute in any language. It, it has built-in automation like translation. There's all sorts of uh, reasons it's really good to, to do this and be proactive, um, uncover issues, and not reactive to the issues when somebody else you know, brings them forward. We also... Um, which has been really well accepted, we take all of the positive feedback and bring it back to the staff in the form of what we call gratitude reports. And these can be shared daily in huddles and monthly in department meetings. And um, especially these days, our, our staff need to be motivated by tangible evidence that they're appreciated by patients. It's been, it's been a tough time over the last year and a half or so. So we, we actually get a response rate of about 35% so we can accurately identify outliers. Um, it, it gives us even more granular insights on, on how staff perform regarding compassion, appearing competent, communicating well. And those you know, three things, compassion, competence, and communication are what I call the three C's. And they're basically the building blocks of trust. And when you establish trust with a patient, they're much more likely to adhere to those recommendations that we make for meds and, and getting follow-up appointments. And that is going to result in the best possible outcomes. And really, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a really amazing um, process that you've got in place, a tool that you're using. Uh, that's, that's, that sounds head and shoulders above, you know, um, somebody mailing something back two or three or four weeks later or, or even getting a call two or three weeks later. And a lot of times too, I think things might get blurred when people actually start to get their bills and uh, they don't understand those or, or, or things like that. I think a whole lot of factors can come into play. So I love that yours is so timely. You're catching people uh, not only to find out if there's something wrong and they need to be seen again, but you're, you're, you're getting their feedback while it's fresh before they have more things that color the picture. So yeah. sounds like a wonderful tool. Absolutely. That is great. Tom, please tell us about a patient or situation in your career that made a big impact on you. And I'm sure there's lots of them, but what comes to mind right now? Yeah, there's a few, but, um, uh, the one I'm thinking about, there was a patient I took care of really at the beginning of my career and uh, was somebody who was addicted to heroin. And uh, I think that day he had overdosed and almost died, which is uh, not an uncommon scenario, unfortunately. Um, he was about my age and, you know, clearly his life was in a down downward spiral. Um, a few months later, uh, I actually ran into him outside of my work, and I, I didn't remember him, but he recognized me and introduced himself. 
And he's the one that reminded me of our conversation, um, said it made a, a big impact on him and, and caused him to change his lifestyle. And now he landed a job and he was doing quite well. You know, so it's, it's kind of funny. I, I didn't remember that interaction, but now I don't think I'll ever forget it. Um, it's, it's really, you know, I think it's a good example of the best part of our profession which is having uh, the privilege to take care of strangers when they're really vulnerable and, you know, the joy we get when we make a difference. Yep. You don't always realize how many lives you touch, you know, in your day-to-day. That's a great story. Thank you. Yeah, really. So what does the future look like? What are you planning to become involved in next? Well, um, you know, it's a tough time right now. So when, when I think about the near future, I'm... Um, concerned. Uh, I think that uh, emergency nurses and physicians are really burnt out right now. It's, it's not really a surprise. Mm-hmm. It's been you know, a strange roller coaster with volumes at the beginning of the pandemic. They dropped nearly in half. Um, I think we thought our business was going to go uh, to the wayside, be replaced by telemedicine. So there was concern about jobs and hospitals, you know, staffing. Uh, what are they going to do? And then that flipped completely, and now volume is way above baseline at a time where we're finding a lot of difficulty hiring nurses and technicians, and so we're, we're really quite understaffed. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons uh, that this occurred. I think um, the primary care network is not seeing as many people with uh, acute problems. Um, Patients are, are struggling a lot with COVID-related anxiety and depression, and at the same time, psychiatric beds are dwindling. And so we are overrun with a lot of uh, medical and behavioral health borders. And you know, a lot, at, our staff are leaving as well. Some for less stressful jobs, some retiring early. So, um, you know, to paint a positive picture, though, our, our frontline workers, I think, have never been more appreciated by their communities. And so this is a time to be outspoken about what we need. You know, we, people know now what we do, what we um, have provided for them. Uh, we've been there. And I think that um, we need to let them know what it takes to make the future of emergency medicine better for our patients and, and the profession more satisfying for ourselves. Understood. Yeah, yeah that, that burnout is... Um... We follow, I, I follow that very closely and talk to a lot of nurses and, and, and a few physicians um, and other healthcare providers across the country. And it's, it is concerning, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we all have to be supportive and let, let our uh, medical community know how much they, they are appreciated. Absolutely. It's rough right now. You're right. And they're very much nurses, doctors, healthcare people, all are very much appreciated. So I'm going to give you a few rapid-fire questions. What would you be doing if you were not in your current role? If you weren't doing what you're doing today, what, what would you be doing? What would you have liked to have done? Hmm. Well, maybe, maybe I'll sum it up. Uh, I could see myself being very happy working in a record store. That sounds like fun. It does, yeah. I, I think so. Now, I have three categories for you here, and, and feel free to skip one if you don't want to answer it. But uh, what's your favorite book? Um, you know, I like anything by Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, my favorite is Welcome to the Monkey House. It, uh, if you haven't read it, it consists of a bunch of really funny short stories about human behavior. 
So I guess it sounds a lot like an ER shift. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I have to read that. I like short stories. That sounds good. <laughs> How about your favorite movie? Um, that's the Blues Brothers, and I think I have every line memorized. I like that movie, yeah. That's a... mm -hmm. Very good. Excellent. And then if you were working in a record store, what would be your favorite song? Um, you know, one favorite song is impossible to come up with. It's pretty much any song by the Rolling Stones or Queen or Cheap Trick. But if you, if you need just one, we can go with We Are the Champions, which I guess is perfect for this podcast. It's a good song, too, yeah. A good one. And uh, do you have any hobbies or interests? Uh, my my main hobby is tennis. Um, I try to play two or three times a week and really enjoy that. Great. Excellent. All right. Well, um, Tom, I would like to thank you uh, for all you do for, for your patients and your community and those emergency nurses and others that you work with. You're truly a role model and an inspiration, and we appreciate your time coming on as our guest today. Um, if our audience would like to follow you online um, and specifically maybe even learn more about Oscura, because uh, that sounds like an amazing tool. Uh, where can they do that? Well, I mean, people can follow me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty easy to find there. And you can uh, check out Oscura if you like at uh, Oscura.com. It's A-U-S-C-U-R-A.com. Okay. All right. And I think we'll put this, Mark, won't we, in the description page for the, prod for the podcast so that people can find Tom and um Oscura, correct? Absolutely. Any of the information right. will be in our uh description of the page. So you'll be able to not only be able to write it down, but you'll see it right there in person. So yep. Great. Well, I want to thank you, Tom Sclutter, for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends. Uh thank you for sharing your time, your stories, and let us uh know a little more about you. Very much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you both very much. I'm I'm honestly honored to participate in this. And to all of our listeners. We hope you'll stay tuned as we continue on with BCN and Friends and bring you new and meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcen at bcn.org. I'm Mark Eggers here with Janie Shoemaker, and on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you are doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, 